0: Okay, let's uh, let's open with prayer heavenly father Lord we uh, we thank you for uh, just your mercy toward us uh, just the ability that we have to, to come together as a body to worship you uh, to just uh, enjoy the, the communion we have with one another to study your word to learn about you and uh, Lord I just pray that you would be with us uh, during this time that uh, you would uh, bless the study that we would uh, have a a more full understanding of things, and uh, Lord, that we would be able to apply them to our lives, uh, and as a result, we would uh, live our lives um, in accordance with the the calling with which you have called us, to your glory, we pray in Christ's name, amen. Alright, <clears throat> so we're continuing our study on the Holy Spirit, um, we've talked about uh, the Holy Spirit as the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit's work in the Old Testament, in the life of Jesus, and the conversion of sinners, the Holy Spirit as teacher, a sanctifier, being led by the Spirit, and then last week I, I teased you with uh, talking about the gift of the Spirit instead of the gifts of the Spirit, so um, this week you get what you were probably waiting for, the gifts of the Spirit, so this morning we're going we're gonna to talk about spiritual gifts. Um, now this topic um, it's, it's both complicated and controversial um, in spite of that and maybe perhaps because of it um, it's a it's a popular study um, people people like to hear about uh, spiritual gifts um, now there are many approaches that are taken in the study of spiritual gifts um, some seek to, to make a list of the spiritual gifts the spiritual gifts Um, and analyze each of them and attempt to determine precisely what's, you know, what are the distinctions between the different gifts. Um, Some use tests to help people identify their own spiritual gifts. Um, That's something that sometimes people do. Um, Some people focus on, excuse me, on how to cultivate the gifts in our lives. Um, some engage in uh, the controversies over various forms of continuationism and cessationism. Um, and some focus on the difficulties that uh, accompany the exercise of spiritual gifts in the first century. So there's lots of different ways you can, you can take this. I don't think that any of these uh, approaches is inherently flawed uh, if handled properly. Um, though in my experience, they frequently are not handled properly. It's it's pretty common for people to kind of take one of these and and kind of take it into an extreme. Um, obviously, this is a study on the Holy Spirit and not on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, as far as like the whole Sunday school lesson we're doing this semester. So um, it would it would take several lessons to go through all of these types of things and and handle them in detail. So um, we can't do that. Um, so, uh, at least for what I want to do this morning, is is focus on the last one of those uh, that I mentioned, uh, which is the, the difficulties that accompany the exercise of spiritual gifts in the first century. So when we look at the texts about spiritual gifts in the New Testament, um, it's in the context of things that are going on in the first century church. Um, and so that's, in a sense, that's the, that's the easy way out, because you have the text that's, that's very... Uh, Straightforward and has common themes, um, so that's kind of what we're going to look at. Um, and obviously, we're, we don't have time to just read through all of the passages of Scripture that talk about spiritual gifts and the arguments surrounding them. But where I'd like to start is actually kind of in the, uh, you know, partway into Paul's discussion of spiritual gifts in First Corinthians 12. Um, in 1 Corinthians 12, I mean, he begins that chapter by uh, introducing the topic of spiritual gifts, and we're gonna we're gonna look at uh, some of the stuff that's earlier in the chapter. But right now, I want to jump down to verse 12, um, because this is kind of something that that comes up over and over again throughout the discussions of spiritual gifts um, throughout the New Testament. Beginning in verse 12, Paul says, "For just as the body," is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews and Greeks, slaves and free, and were all made to drink of one spirit. Now there you see, the Holy Spirit Spirit is being brought into that discussion there. Um, The discussion of spiritual gifts isn't in this particular... know these these two verses but it's you know if you read the whole context that's what he is talking about so when we look at this passage um here the uh the unity of christians is shown by the sharing of the same spirit that's that's what he's what he's expressing there is that is that we all share the same spirit um and so i mean we're all in one body it's you know very much is related to to union with christ and being part of the body of christ so we're all members of the body and though many and so you have this diversity you have these you know different people that are christians uh, but together they're united in the one body of christ Um, and then in verse 13 for in one spirit uh, we were all baptized into one body jews and greeks slaves and free and we're all made to drink of one spirit. So it was, it was one spirit that we were baptized into. It was one spirit uh, that we that we drink of. Um, and so, just again, the unity is the focus that Paul has here in this particular passage. Um, and he he mentions some distinctions there. Um, between people that were very common things that people would be thinking about in the first century. Uh, he talks about uh, Jews and Greeks, and he talks about slaves and free. Now, just based on, I mean, I'm sure all of you have spent a fair amount of time studying the Bible. Um, what, are, what are these distinctions that he's making? What is, I mean, he just kind of mentions them here, but what are they? what are they, what do they relate to? Any thoughts?
1: There would have been things that would have divided Christians mm-hmm. into different groups and you know, right. sort of fractured the, the church. Right. Yeah, so
0: there, there are things that, like, culturally speaking, would cause a, a level of disunity, right? I mean, when we consider slaves and free, um, that's the, the economic difference between somebody who's a slave and somebody who's free is really significant. Um, at least, I mean, generally speaking, I mean, I suppose you could have somebody that's free, but really poor. But, uh, but very frequently, you know, being a slave, that basically meant you're at the, the, you know, the bottom of the totem pole in your socioeconomic status. You're, you're the person who is like, I, I don't even own myself. You know, do you have any debt? It's like, yeah, I've, I've mortgaged myself. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, you're in a really low position there. Um, but when we consider, um, you know, Christianity, does, does Christianity, when we consider our, our religion, our commitment to Christ, does that have any, is there any real distinction there with our economic status between who we are as brothers in Christ? No, it's, there's, there's complete unity. Um, that, that's a, I mean, it's something that, like, people could be tempted to make distinctions about, um, just because that's, you know, what society kind of teaches us to do. But uh, in Christ, there is no, uh, I mean, it is still a real distinction, but it's not one that matters. I mean, you consider the things that James talked about where he, um, you know, he chastised people for uh, for treating the the rich person who comes into the church better than the poor person who comes into church. Um, those are things that, that we shouldn't be doing. And so, uh, you know, there's definitely just this, this emphasis that there's this unity where this distinction just doesn't even matter. Um, and that's going to play very much into our discussion of spiritual gifts. Just this this idea of unity and distinctions that, I mean, we can still talk about the distinctions, but they don't really matter. Um, a, a similar passage, uh, in Galatians uh, 3.28, mentions these, these two groups and also mentions uh, male and female. Again, it's a distinction that, that does matter. It's a distinction that exists. But when it comes to our fellowship in Christ, um, it's not that you know, you know, males are are superior and females are inferior in the body of Christ. That's, that's just not the case. Um, you know, we're all united in Christ, and there shouldn't be this this distinction, this us versus them. Um, and then when we consider the, the Jews and the Greeks thing, that's actually um, a, a really big one there. What, what's going on there with the Jews and Greeks? What's the, what's the division that existed in the first century when we talk about Jews and Greeks? Well, that'd be the difference between God's chosen people and everybody else. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it can be easy to look at it and kind of make assumptions that, well, this must be talking about a racial thing. Which that's not completely separate from the discussion, but it's ultimately more a religious thing. Um, it's more a thing of like, well, the Jews; those those are God's chosen people, and then, you know, the Greeks or the Gentiles. That's everybody else. Um, and um, and obviously, he's you know, the, these discussions are within the church. So um, you know, we're not talking about people who are continuing to go and worship. Zeus and continuing, you know, to worship Artemis or what, you know whatever. Um, we're talking about people who have come to the knowledge of Christ and they're part of the church. Um, but as we look at what happens in the New Testament, there continues to be uh, disputes between the the Jews and the Gentiles, doesn't there? Even within the church, um, those things uh, pop up quite frequently. Um, but the 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 reality is is that. In the, in the Holy Spirit, we're, we're partaking of the same Holy Spirit. So there can be, um, you know, biblically speaking, no real distinction between these different groups of people.
2: Um, and I would also say that, especially on that particular one, mm-hmm. you have to really contextualize the historical context mm-hmm. to really think about this was 15, 20 years after the Jerusalem church council basically said, are we even allowed to preach to the Jew- to the Greeks? Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's not just, hey, we're Jews or Greeks, like are we part of God's chosen people? But like, do we even want to reach out and make the church accept the Greeks? Mm-hmm. That was it was contentious to even do that. And we're writing to a Greek population primarily. Mm-hmm. There's right. obviously yeah. Jews in in Corinth, but it's primarily going to be yeah. a Greek church. Exactly. And these people are all feeling like the the second chosen, uh, right? Yeah, not, they, the, not the people of God, but as the we'll let you in, but you're mm-hmm. separate. Yeah, yeah, that's that's absolutely yeah. right. I mean,
0: and that's, that's exactly my point. You know, it's like there was the whole discussion about, I mean, circumcision came into this discussion and um, all sorts of things, but yeah, it was like the, the reality is is like when Peter went and preached to to uh, you know the household of Cornelius that was like well what are you doing you're you're preaching to Gentiles you you know you you shouldn't be doing that and we read this I think it was in the last lesson uh, but it, it's very relevant so I'm going to read it again um, acts 11 <coughs> uh, 15 through 17 where where Peter is explaining what happened when he went and did this and um, he says that uh, and As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, just as on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? And so there, I mean, the very, very much that, that same point and very, very, you know, very much focused on the Holy Spirit. The the same Holy Spirit is being given to the Gentiles um, that was uh, was given to to the apostles, specifically. So there's complete unity there. This distinction has been, um, in a sense, been wiped away. Um, One of my uh, my favorite passages relating to this, I think it's... worth talking about a little bit is in Ephesians chapter two. And this is, this is a little bit lengthy, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna read verses um, 11 through 22. And you'll, you'll see here um, the ideas of, of union with Christ and uh, of the Holy Spirit uh, coming up here. But you also see a lot of very specifically covenant language um, in terms of uh, the Jews being God's covenant people and, um, and the Gentiles being treated in a way not as if God has now decided, well, I'm going to now make a plan for the Gentiles so that they can be saved in some way, <clears throat> but uh, very much a saying, you Gentiles, I'm going to basically make you Jews. I'm going to bring you in to the people of God. Um, so that there's not some kind of distinction where you have these two separate groups of people that, yeah, they're both favored by God, but in different ways with, you know, with different promises and things like that. But it's, it's a completely unified body of Christ that's in view here. So I mean it's kind of <clears throat> give you all the, all the answers beforehand, but I'm going to go ahead and read the text here. And, you, and hopefully you'll see these themes as we look at it here. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 11. grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. And so there you see just this unity um, of all believers, regardless of you know, what, their, what their heritage is in terms of, well, were they part of God's chosen people, or were they part of the, the pagans that were off worshiping false gods? It uh, doesn't matter if you're in Christ; you're all brought together into a single, unified body of Christ without um, any distinctions that matter. So, is that all? Ben, is that?
3: Yeah, I was just thinking uh, it reminds me of uh, Jesus thought, Not Jesus. I can't remember who was talking about now. Paul, but uh, being the whole being grafted in, the Gentiles mm-hmm. being grafted in the tree and it's very similar concept to what's going on here basically. Yeah, that's and, that's
0: Paul in Romans eleven.
3: Yeah. And uh they they uh it, the fact that even that it's not it's they're being made one and they had the foundation of the prophets and also so the, the foundation that goes back into the old testament time mm-hmm. period and the foundation that's being built here in the New Testament time period together um and for the
0: Gentiles they have both. And for the mm-hmm. Jews they have both. They believe in Christ. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, there's, there's multiple passages in the scripture that, um, you know, that address this issue, just the, the unity of, that, that basically came about, uh, you know, during the New Covenant period with the Gentiles being brought in, you know, the, during the Old Covenant, you know, it was like you would occasionally get Gentiles that would become believers, but it was, it was a rarity, but you have in the New Testament uh, just this, this mass influx of Gentiles. And you know, not as people who have a separate set of blessings, but just being united and being a part of the, the historic people of God. So, um, <clears throat> so I mean, that's a that's a a just a crucial foundation that the apostles are working with as they deal with the um, the problems that pop up with the spiritual gifts. Um, is that, you know, you, you have one spirit and all of us are baptized into that one spirit. All of us are united in Christ in that one spirit. Um, that's foundational to our understanding of spiritual gifts and how how we should relate to those things and the difficulties that can pop up in churches because of that. So, um, jumping ahead in, in Ephesians to chapter 4, here we have uh, a passage where... Um, It does specifically start talking about uh, spiritual gifts. Um, Ephesians 4, uh, beginning in verse 1, he says, I I therefore, uh, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling of which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called Uh, to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And then in verse seven he says, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And so there he starts talking about, um, you know, gifts that we receive. But again, the preface is very much focused on our unity in Christ, right? Um, the 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 one spirit Um, now one question here is um, does does Paul in this passage tell us that we are to establish unity in the church Maintain maintain unity what's the what's the distinction there what's what's the difference between establishing unity and maintaining unity?
2: Maintaining implies that it's already
0: there. hmm Yeah. So, I mean, the idea there is that our unity doesn't come from our efforts. Um, our unity is a supernatural thing that God has accomplished in his redemptive purposes. Um, and so when we see disunity in the body of Christ, um, you know, we shouldn't just assume. It's like, oh, well, you know, the body of Christ isn't united and we need to somehow, you know, establish unity in the body of Christ. The reality is that that unity exists. And, and, and in a sense, nothing we can do can destroy it. Um, but we can certainly cause problems for it, so we need to do the best we can to try to maintain it in its healthiest state that we can. Uh, but we need to understand that that's not, it that doesn't originate with us. That it's it's the work of the Spirit that is is bringing us um, into unity. So again, in verse seven, he says, uh, "But grace was given to to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift." Uh, Therefore, it says, uh, "When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives captive, and he gave gifts to men." And so there, he, he begins talking about just the idea that God is giving uh, spiritual gifts to people. Now there are um, there are multiple lists of the gifts of the Spirit. Um, that we find throughout the New Testament. Um, interestingly, none of them are Id- identical with each other. There's, there's, you know, shorter lists and longer lists, and you know, it's like there's, there's always, you know, gaps here and there. Um, it should make us very cautious about just trying to make an exhaustive list. It's like here are the, you know, however many spiritual gifts, and you know, this number and no more. Um, And it makes it in a sense very difficult when we start trying to define exactly what when he mentions this particular gift What exactly does that mean? It can be a little bit difficult because To to a certain degree, you know, it looks like certain gifts are mentioned in more than one place Excuse me Um, But using slightly different terminology and so it it can be very hard if we want to just like be super systematic about how to um, about how to look at the you know the individual spiritual gifts. So we, we definitely need to be very careful about that. Um, the, uh, the lists are found in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, which we've we've looked at briefly, but we'll look at more in a bit. Uh, Romans 12, uh, Ephesians 4, which is just ahead of us here, and then uh, uh 1 Peter 4, although I don't think I think we're gonna skip away and then come back to Ephesians 4 for the list here. But anyway, those are the those are the places we find them. First Corinthians twelve, Romans twelve, Ephesians four, and First Peter four.
2: Um,
0: and uh, again, we should we should assume that uh, Paul did not intend to provide an exhaustive list. Um, he just doesn't present his lists in a way where it looks like it's intended to be exhaustive. Um, so we're not and we're not going to take the time to analyze each gift, uh, and you know many of them have. Disputed interpretations if you know if you've ever studied this. It's like there's a whole lot of different ideas about what? <clears throat> excuse me what each individual gift is so um, <clears throat> It would be a worthwhile study, but we just we're not gonna we're not gonna take the time to do that so So let's look at um, what's probably the the most well-known list I guess um, in 1st Corinthians chapter 12 And we've looked a little bit at 1 Corinthians 12, but um, let's look here at uh, beginning in verse four, where Paul begins talking specifically about the different gifts. Beginning in verse four, he says, uh, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifest- manifestation of the spirit All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. And then uh, I'm going to go ahead and skip down to verse 27. Um, There he says, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues and so there um that that basically covers the 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 list of spiritual gifts that we find in first corinthians chapter 12. now when we consider this as a whole uh, what would you say is the main theme that permeates this list is there anything that stands out as like you know that paul really wants to get across as he's covering these things I not, not everybody has the same gift, <laughs> mm-hmm. but one spirit. But one spirit, yeah, that's exactly right. So it's it's varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. So you've got the same source for all of these gifts, but there's varieties of gifts. So um, why does the Spirit give these gifts? Does Paul does Paul give us any um, any hint as to why? The gifts
1: are given to to christians yeah verse 7 says it's for the common good of uh-huh. the church yep
3: and he expounds on that in the next chapter
1: yeah yes yes indeed um, and unfortunately we're not going to take the
0: time to to look at that but yeah um he does expand uh, expound on that in in uh, chapter 13 um but but yeah it's it's for the common good um it's you know it's um it's it's a it's an expression of our love for one another that's the reason um, that God has given these
1: gifts um, to the church and, and chris fact that does not only the common good for each other but even God's goodness to his people mm-hmm. because you know it's sort of like he is he's working through his body right you know, to to minister to each other you know he's not Physically here, he's physically in heaven, mm-hmm. you know, but he works through his church in tangible ways. Right. Yeah. And it expresses love. Yeah,
0: that's that is absolutely true. It's, I mean, it is God's good gift to us that that we have these spiritual gifts. Um, they are for our good. So, yeah, that is very true. Now, um, to to get a full understanding of this, obviously, you'd have to read this entire section in First Corinthians, which would would take too long, but. Uh, based on what we have read and what you remember from what you've studied in the past, um, what's going on at Corinth that prompted this discussion about spiritual gifts?
3: There, there are those divisions in the church that we were talking about, kind of between right. the poor and the rich, the, possibly the Jew and Gentile. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, it's. I mean, the preceding section is about the Lord's Supper and how um, they, however, I rightly, they weren't, I guess that's instructions on how to do the Lord's Supper, but somewhere in there they talk about how they're not doing the Lord's Supper correctly.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: One person's drunk, another person's not getting right. anything.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, and, and the, the same types of things are going on with the, with the spiritual gifts, right? There's, there's this division in the body that's related to these spiritual gifts. Um, that's something that is like, you know, God's given these spiritual gifts. They're, they're for our good. They're for us to build each other up. And yet you see the the church, they're, they're having these divisions over this. Um, and so Paul was trying to explain these things in light of this. I mean, one, uh, you know, just I just picked out a, a clear example to kind of show the problems that are happening here. Um, it's in uh, chapter 14, verse 12. Um there Paul says, so with yourselves, since you're eager for manifestations of the spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. And so you see that like the, 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 the church at Corinth, they're, they're seeing these manifestations of the spirit. They're like, I want to do that. Um, they're, and they're just like, they're seeking after these things, but for the wrong motives. And Paul is like, strive to excel in building up the church. He's, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, my, my, my cold from last week is still fighting me just a little bit. Um, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's just really emphasizing that like, the purpose of this is to build up the church, but they're just missing it. They're just saying, wow, look at, you know, look at all these neat things we can do, and I can make a name for myself because I'm really spiritual and I'm doing these things. Um, and so they're really missing the purpose of it. Um, and they, they seem to be missing the, the unity that is just really emphasized by the fact that it's the same spirit that's giving the different gifts to the different people. Um, and there's the whole discussion of the, of the body. We're going we're gonna to look at Romans here in just a second, um, where this is also addressed. But it's, it's addressed extensively in 1 Corinthians with the idea of the body and just the, the different parts of the body. Functioning in different ways and basically to not be upset that you're, you know, you're functioning a little differently than some other Christian Um, Because that's not what it's all about. It's not about Exalting yourself as you know, well, I'm this, you know, super spiritual person that can do this particular thing It's like no God is gifting each person individually as he sees fit for the good of the body and that's it's gonna be various gifts to, to the different people but we need to understand it's all the same spirit that's providing all of these things, and so, um, just a, a, we need to have a proper understanding that it's it's driven in unity and not not something that's leading you know that should lead to disunity, which is you know the problem that was happening. Um, so let's let's look at Romans chapter twelve then. Romans chapter 12, uh, beginning in verse three, Paul here says, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. So we though many, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So what's the what's the warning that Paul gives here in this passage? Not to think of himself
2: more
0: highly than he ought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, which is, again, that's what we saw in, in Corinth, right? It just seems to be a thing. Is like God gives this, this gracious thing, and we turn it into sin. You know, we we seek to you know exalt ourselves because of the of the gift that God has given us, and so we are warned against that. Um, and so what? Uh, what? Uh, I mean, a- again, we see this analogy of the body, and it's the, it's that idea of like the different parts of the body are just intended to function differently. I mean, you're. You, you you can't start looking at your body and saying one part of my body is important and another part is not um, it is all there, it's all important just for different purposes and we need to understand the church works that way as well I mean it can be very easy in the church I know to just like look and say okay well you know Pastor Rick he's obviously very important he's doing all this you know all this stuff and you know, I, you know Sunday school teachers yeah they're really important you know and it's like and the person who's, you know, maybe just sweeping the floor or the person who's the, the prayer warrior at home and, um, you know, just all sorts of things that, the, you know, the, the people who are providing meals for people who need it and just all sorts of ways that the body serves one another um, that are far less visible, um, those are just as important as the very visible gifts. Um, and so we need to we need to understand that we can't just start ranking things based on well how visible is this how much exaltation does this give a person um, it's we need to understand that all of the gifts are given by God and should all be valued and should all be sought by us so um, and there's something else in this particular passage that I I find is is uh, a very, very encouraging exhortation. Um, let's see if I can find it here. Um, yeah, in verse six, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. I just want to stop right there. Um, frequently, is a lot of times God gives us with things, and then we're kind of just too lazy to, to you know, step up and do the things that God has gifted us to do. It's like ah, uh, somebody else can do that. That requires you know time. It requires sacrifice. Um, and I mean, I certainly feel that. You know, it's um, it's it's something that we all need to be encouraged that um, that God has given these to us to build up the body. And so we need to really be uh, seeking to to put to work the the gifts that God has given us, um, and not just say, well, you know, somebody else will take care of that. Um, So uh, just a just a good encouragement there to uh, to actually use the spiritual gifts that God has given us. Um, You know, we don't want to be so afraid that we're going to be puffed up and, you know, in exercising our spiritual gifts that we fail to use them. We just need to use them with the proper attitude. Um, Now, looking back at um, Ephesians chapter four, here we have one of the, one of the shorter lists, um, Ephesians chapter 4, looking in verses 11 and 12. Um, Paul says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up the body of Christ. And so there we see just, I mean, these positions of, of, uh, of, of teaching and evangelizing uh, these things are they're gifts from God. That's something that God is providing for his church. Um, and what's what's the purpose, according to
1: this passage? To equip the saints. Yeah. To equip
0: the saints, to build up the body of Christ. Um, and again, we see just that notion of the body of Christ that's been very, um, you know, tied to this whole idea of unity. You know, that we're all united together in the body of Christ. Um, and that body is supposed to be being built up. Um, okay. These things are provided for that purpose.
1: Yes? I'm sorry. Uh, if I could clarify, it's also equipping the saints, but it's for the work of ministry. It's mm-hmm. not just to come and to be fed and to, to grow smarter and more godly, right. and, you know, things like that, too.
0: Yeah, you know, that, that is a good point. It's, it's, a, it's equipping them, you know, not just to... Not just to sit there and it's like, oh wow, well, I've gotten, I've been, i I've, I've gotten all sorts of knowledge, but you know they're being equipped for the work of ministry, um, so they're, they're being equipped, and then they should be exercising their spiritual gifts, you know, with the addition of I've been equipped by the, you know, the people who are teaching me, um, so yeah, that's a that's a very good point. And then we have one more passage here, uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, this is another fairly short one here, 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning in verse 10, Peter says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. Again, kind of kind of echoing, echoing the same thing there, it's like, use your gift. As good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks, as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves, as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Um, And so, again, in this passage, we see that the good of the body is the goal, right? Yeah, a common theme as we look at these passages, that's, that's the purpose of it. Um, and, you know, presumably that was just a common thing that, that, you know, people struggled with was, was really understanding that these gifts, that's what their purpose is, that's what I should be focusing on. Um, and so, and we also see uh, the varieties of gifts that are, you know, they're listed here, Um, God's varied grace is the terminology that Peter uses so he understands again just like Paul does that Not everybody's going to have the same gift. It's going to it's going to vary from from person to person and Then an idea that's that's not absent from the other passages um, But is particularly emphasized here. What, What would you say it is that like Peter really emphasizes here that that the other passages didn't really like harp on the way that Peter does The glory of God
1: uh-huh it's to the glory of God take one step back before that well you're, you're being used as God's instrument in mm-hmm. whatever capacity mm-hmm. you know, whatever gift he's, he's given you to do right
0: yeah the um, specifically what I'm thinking of is just our dependence on God mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of implied in much of what, of what Paul says when he talks about spiritual gifts. You know, that it's, it's the spirit that's giving these things. So obviously we're dependent on the spirit for these things. Uh, but, but Peter just like really seems to just, you know, just drive down this point. That it's like, um, you know, if you're, if you're speaking, it's, it's one who speaks the oracles of God. These, these aren't your words. God's providing this for you. Um, if you're serving, you're serving with the strength that God supplies. You're, you don't have the strength to do this. Your your strength for service has to come from God, um, and so uh, it's it's very much a we're really dependent on God in the exercise of our spiritual gifts, and we need to we need to exercise them in that way where we really recognize. Um, that we can't just do this on our own. We can't just—it's just like, oh well, here's what I'm supposed to do. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna march out and do it. But really, be dependent on God to provide the strength that we need to serve in this way. And then the end result of that is what, what Ben mentioned there—that it's all to the glory of God, because it's not us that's doing it. It's not our work that's accomplishing um, the building up the body of Christ through these spiritual gifts. It's the work of God in us that's doing it. Um, and so all glory then goes to God because it's like it's his work. It's his work in building up his church. So just to just a recap kind of what we've covered. Um, we're united to each other in the body of Christ, sharing in the same spirit. Uh, we receive spiritual gifts from God. And the variety is according to God's wisdom Um, even if we wish that he'd apportioned them differently. The purpose is the good of the body, not our own selfish motives. We should be diligent to use them. We should use them dependently, relying on God and giving him the glory. Any thoughts or comments or questions about any of that that we've covered on spiritual gifts?
1: I I, I would even argue that really, almost in, in a study of the spiritual gifts, the gifts aren't even the focus, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're actually just sort of an instrument or a tool that God has given, mm-hmm. you know, that really the focus is to, you to, know, it's, it's His grace that He's giving to His church, mm-hmm. to build up His church. And so that's that's really the focus, which if we keep that, then that just addresses all kinds of things, like you said, our dependence on God, our mm-hmm. temptation to say, well, I can't do that, well, then now it's about me, mm-hmm. or if I want to use that gift to say, hey, look well, at can, what, I can preach, or I can do this, mm-hmm. or, you know. It just addresses so many things right. if you think about what God is actually seeking to do in giving the gifts to the church. Yeah, yeah, and
0: that's kind of why I decided to go the direction I did. It's because yeah. that just like that seems to be like the overall theme whenever it's discussed. And yes, there are lists that provide a whole bunch of you know different you know different things, but it's, it doesn't seem like there's just this systematic list. It's like okay, here's the list of the spirits. So it just doesn't seem like that's you know really the main point in the discussions. So yeah,
2: that's... yeah. And that's if you look at the ones that you chose, which were really good, all of them, we didn't talk about it. I mean, I, we talked about it, we didn't address it specifically, but Romans 12, 1 Corinthians, Ephesians 4, mm-hmm. all of them, Paul addresses, and then the next whole section is how building up one another in love mm-hmm. is the context. So... He, he addresses the spiritual gifts are there and mm-hmm. then everything else for the rest of the time is about loving one another. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, he, he explicitly says that and then he moves on to saying, here's how you love one another. Right. Here's how you love one another. Because you have gifts. You love one another. Mm-hmm. And then even Peter, a different apostle, mm-hmm. he addresses love and then he moves into the gifts. Mm-hmm. So, like, he just approached it differently. But right. it it just builds on what Rick just said. But mm-hmm. loving one another is really amazing. The spiritual gifts are a manifestation of us showing Christ's love. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point.
3: And, and that even really just goes back to the two great commandments that were mm-hmm. loving God and, and loving one another. And, and it's it's like everything else that God's given us. Everything happens to get with God. Mm-hmm. And we should be using it. But it's just really focusing down here on the spiritual gifts and, there, and the fact that He's given them really for the purpose of the church mm-hmm. as opposed to everything else. Sometimes it's just to serve the world or something like right. that. But yeah, this is like, you no, know,
0: we're, we're loving a church specifically. No, uh uh-huh. For, God, for yeah. God's Lord. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Anything else? All right. Let's, uh, let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you uh, for your great gifts to us. And uh, Lord, I, I pray that we would uh, use them appropriately, that we would uh, not be exalted when um, when uh, we see that uh, you know, that you have gifted us to do this particular thing or that particular thing, but God that we would uh, just truly just seek to use what gifts we have in the service of others, that we would uh, seek to use them in a, a very dependent manner, not looking to our own resources, but uh, trusting that you will provide the strength that we need, and uh, God, just that as you work through us, that you would be glorified in the sanctification of your church. Uh, God, just that the the work that uh, that is done, the the love that we show for one another, the service that we provide for one another, that all of it renounces to your glory, uh, because it's not a human thing uh, that we treat each other this way, but. Uh, truly it's a supernatural thing that comes from you so that you alone get the glory. And God, I just pray that we would uh, just continue to to live in a manner worthy of the, the calling with which you have called us. And uh, We would uh, continue to lift our voices in praise and worship to you and that you would be honored in all things. We pray in Christ's name, amen.